0: Are you interested in supporting small business in your community? You can become a sponsor of the Candid Conversations small business podcast at candidpodcast.ca slash sponsor. You're listening to the Candid Conversations podcast where we share with you the adventures of small business, the community and folks in communications. We are your hosts, digital marketer, Dan Nicholson and small business strategist, Sagan Morrow. This is episode number seven.
1: Welcome to episode seven.
0: Yes. So we have a really great interview coming up with Stu.
1: Stu Moffitt, Sherpa Marketing and Trendset social media engagement teams.
0: Yes. But before we get to that, as always, we want to share a little bit with you on how our business is going. Since we decided to start a business right around the time that we started the podcast a few months ago, uh, July has been a really interesting month for us because it was Winnipeg's Fringe Festival, which is one of my favorite festivals in Winnipeg. And Dan has had rather a lot going on.
1: Yeah. We just moved into our new house. And, uh, as of the 22nd of July, that took a lot of work and we're still, still ba- unpacking boxes, but, uh, we're now in the new office of Juxa Communications.
0: Yes. It's beautiful. It's sunshiny.
1: Sunshiny. <laughs> sunny.
0: Sun, sunny. I don't know. Something.
1: It is beautiful. It's beautiful
0: That's... and sunny. Uh,
1: but in addition, dish- <laughs> in addition <laughs> to being at sunshiny, <laughs> Uh, we did do quite a bit with our, uh, with our business. We actually had met, uh, with a producer of a potential major organization about the podcast. Uh, we met with our accountant, yeah. uh, who is an amazing accountant to help us, uh, navigate some really tricky information, Mike from
0: Thornton and co
1: Thornton and co. So shout out to them. One thing I actually want to bring up is uh, for anyone listening in Canada and thinking of starting their own business, we decided to become incorporated uh, for reasons that, uh, for limited liability, uh, if that means if anyone wanted to sue us, we can't, well, that's not all true, but uh, majority of it is uh, people will not be able to uh, come after our personal assets, which would be a partnership. Uh, which I I forget the full details of partnership, but don't take our word for it. <laughs> Any legal or financial advice.
0: Yes, clearly we are not accountants, we are not legal professionals or anything like that. But it was a really great thing for us to figure that out to determine that we don't want to be a partnership. I mean, we're obviously still partners, but we want to be incorporated. And it also gives us a lot more opportunity to really grow our business in a lot more ways than if we stuck with sort of the partnership opportunity. So that's a pretty exciting thing for us to have figured out that that's the direction we're taking our business.
1: Yeah. And because of that, we've reached out to a lawyer now. So we have a meeting at the end of August, I believe, mm-hmm. to meet with the lawyer. Uh, being summer, not too, not too many lawyers are in town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as well as we actually speaking of branding with uh, Stu later on, uh, mm-hmm. we actually got our business cards and updated our logo slightly. Yes. Uh, and they are on their way. They should be here hopefully this week. Yeah. by the time this episode launches
0: so we will have in the show notes candidpodcast.ca slash ep7 we will have a picture of our business cards so you can check out how beautiful they are in the show notes oh yeah um we've also managed to somehow do a lot of other things this past month we managed to uh get a couple of great leads on clients And we had four business meetings. Uh, We've been posting on Instagram pretty much daily at juxtacoms, which is of course the name of our business, Juxta Communications. Uh, And it's been kind of cool to be able to see just how much we have actually accomplished over the last three weeks because we did have so much life stuff going on.
1: Yeah. Uh, between for me, there's the house and we had some uh, meetings with the uh, wedding coordinator and doing some wedding stuff. So that's uh, that's kind of taken on quite a bit. And of course, I still work full time. So that's a don't ask me how I did it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. We both felt like we hadn't really done much for the business until we until I was creating the July case study, I'm doing a case study of our business for the first six months, uh, which you can visit at slash business case study. you can check it out there. Um, and basically I was, I was compiling all of this information and we sort of realized just how much we've accomplished. And I think what it's really comes down to is the fact that we've been extremely strategic in what we want to focus on. So there are certainly some things in our business that we have not been doing that we've just put on the back burner because at this stage, it hasn't been as important as other pieces. And that has helped us make progress to the point that we have been able to, you know, get... Get a couple clients and that kind of thing. So it's it's been fantastic.
1: Absolutely. One other thing too is that uh, we we kind of talked a bit about it. And once we get together with Juxta, once we become incorporated and actually launch uh, sagamoro.com will be in a part of the umbrella that is Juxta as long with also uh, CandidPodcast.ca. Uh, so we'll, Juxta will basically be as cool as Alphabet. <laughs> uh, where we have subsidiaries like Google and stuff. So uh, Sagamore.com and Canon Podcast will become a part of Juxta. And that will be a very fun launch, I think.
0: Yeah, that's going to be really great because I have my blog. I have my weekly behind-the-scenes newsletter that I do. I have my Begin Your Biz Facebook group and all of my online courses. All of those types of things are all just going to continue on under the umbrella of Jexta. So it's going to be really nice that, you know, everyone who is enjoying my online courses or participating in the Facebook group and all of that doesn't have to worry about any of that changing. It's just all going to be part of Jexta Communications.
1: Yeah, which would be really fun, like I said, uh, which would be really interesting from a branding perspective uh, to see how it goes. So we're going to have to put some strategy behind that. Yes. and how we want to word things and, you know, is going to be its own Because it's going to be an own entity, it's going to have its own uh, sound and tone, whereas Juxta is going to have something different.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be interesting, too, for us to figure out, you know, how do we make sure that they still somehow tie together and how, you know, even if they do have sort of their separate branding, how do we ensure that they have enough of a similar branding or something that does overlap between them so it all is obviously connected? I think that'll be a very interesting thing to sort of feel out in the coming months.
1: Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, but I think this would be a great segue to go into Stu Moffat, Sherpa Marketing, and Trendset Social Engagement Teams, uh, where we talk quite a bit about branding and social media. Enjoy. So today we've got uh, Stu Moffat, who's a account manager and also director now, apparently. At, that's, uh, that's what they say, anyway. At Sherpa Marketing, uh, and as well as director of this new offshoot, I guess, of Sherpa being Trendset, which we'll talk about a little later. Uh, but first, let's kind of let's get you to introduce yourself. Uh, what can you tell us a little about yourself, and what do you do?
2: Well, thank you, Dano, for the uh, intro. Uh, I am an account manager at Sherpa Marketing. I would say that would be the at least seven hours of my day. And then the other two to three, and I know we'll jump into this a little later, is uh, talking about the, I would call, little brother company of Sherpa Marketing. It's the cooler, younger, more outgoing brother, but sometimes you wanna kick its butt. That is what uh, Trendset's all about. So that's the new child company that uh, I'm super passionate and super stoked about. Um, Among doing everything else that I do, such as uh, listening to podcasts, like candid conversations, but uh, definitely a podcast enthusiast. Love enjoying the outdoors and with summer here, you can find me biking around Winnipeg or heading off to the cottage to do uh, outdoor activities. Right on.
0: Okay, so before we get into why you decided to actually get into this line of work, Mm -hmm. can you just share with us some of your other favorite podcasts, I'm I'm curious.
2: Yes, uh, based on genre, so I'll say if you're into true crime and mystery, uh, I'm really digging True Crime Garage, and what that is is they cover uh, very interesting cases. Sometimes it's missing persons, sometimes it's other stuff, but they do it in more of a casual, don't get into the gruesome details, more play on the mystery and uncover it, uh, and it's they have beers in a garage, and that's why it's called True Crime Garage, so uh, big fan of that. Um, always listening to Gary V's audio experience, that's how I get my business and, and content more of a value add uh podcast and then terry o'reilly always hitting a home run every week with uh under the influence so definitely check those out um yeah right now the best of the best
0: yeah perfect so why did you choose to get into this line of work
2: that is a great question my original plan was to do a business undergrad and then go into law school And then I had an epiphany about midway through university. I ended up going away for university and actually uh, had enough time away to find out who I wanted to be and what I'm all about. And it was definitely not a lawyer. I think developing self-awareness in your early 20s told me that you would want to be a lawyer for more of the respect aspect or the prestige of being a lawyer. And although you definitely get to use uh, verbal skills and things that you know, I might have, I don't wanna be actually practicing law. So I finally made the decision, do what it is I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about people and I'm passionate about teams and creating. So all of those really fit the world of marketing. I've always been very interested in business and more specifically advertising. And then once I was in school and specified in marketing, it was a love match. Um, all the public presentations, all of the group work, um, the case studies, I loved all of it. And then doing the summer internships that I had going through school also um, told me I was on the right path. And then I think I was blessed in that coming out of school I ended up getting the job at Sherpa Marketing and I've been with Sherpa for three or four years now. Um, and it just reinforced how lucky I am to have found that passion so quickly because as an account manager and as a marketer, that's what you do. You build teams, you work with others. You have to be a social chameleon because you have to develop with programmers. Uh, they hate when I call them nerds, but I'm going to anyway, I'm <laughs> programming nerds, uh, you know, very creative, fascinating, creative people. And then clients and you have to work together and be a social chameleon and, and give a you know, bring it all together for everybody. So a um, bit of a long story there, but that's sort of how everything came to be and uh, how I ended up at Sherpa.
1: What does a day look like to you?
2: I mean, obviously being an agency, it moves so much, but... Yeah, absolutely. Um, what does a day look like? I think the best thing about it is that your days are very different because there's so many different projects that you can be doing in a given day. Um, being the account manager though, you're going to have days where you're more client facing, which is awesome because you get to see your clients. Um, there's a lot of connections there and it's always fun being in more of that. This is what is new. This is an idea. You get more of that visionary side, but then also in the same day or different day, you might be really in what I call the dirt where you're in the nitty gritty details doing quality assurance or something like that. Um, but it's that stuff that really hones your skills is actually at actually understanding the marketing tactics and how they work because you can only sell as much as you actually understand what you're talking about and what, um, the people surrounding you do. And I, I find the execution of everything is very important. So, uh, on a given day in a Sherpa account manager context, um, a lot, a lot of client facing and a lot of project managing, um. And then there's Trendset, which is another whole bucket of work that I'm just the struggle right now is finding out what the appropriate balance is between Sherpa and Trendset. Right. Which is the new business, you know, we're trying to launch. So Can
0: yeah. we first ask what is Trendset?
2: Uh, so Trendset started because our current client base at Sherpa Marketing had the same problem. And the problem is that we put a lot of money into events and we don't get enough marketing value out of those events. Reason being because we only have so many resources from a human resource standpoint to actually market the event. Our people are busy hosting. you They're boots on the ground, they're talking with customers and things like that. We need people that can actually market the event and unlock the value of events. Because some of these large scale businesses, they put A great deal of money into events and then they walk away from it constantly like why did we do it because you know the stories that we wanted to get out of this don't have legs um, we don't come away with any assets uh, and that's where trendset whose uh, purpose is unlocking the value of events comes in uh, and helps organizations out with that so the 30 second elevator pitch is again, unlocking the value of your organization's events. And what we do is we consult you because we're a marketing agency or Sherp is a marketing agency, but we have marketing consultants. Uh, understand what stories and what content you want out of the event. So when we go into the event, we already have a checklist built out of all the different assets that you would want. And then we do all the photography, videography, And we have all the cool tools to really capture all of those moments in time and most importantly and i can't stress this enough it's having brand journalists at the event people that understand the story that almost act like a third-party news outlet but they're getting content for you and then we take all of that content and we develop it into valuable marketing assets that you can use in the future and the nice play here is that trendset can piggyback on the production staff of sherpa Marketing and that's what makes it such a good love uh, connection. Along with that, you're also getting a live social media team. So while they're doing all this content capturing, they're obviously doing the social mm. media stuff. So it's interesting because it's, uh, from a sales standpoint, it's it's a great uh, sell because you're hitting on this pain point that a lot of businesses have, and it's turnkey. They don't have to worry about sourcing a videographer, a photographer, you know, get our people doing social media. It's turnkey. You get a fun team, they wear your branded clothing, they're there, they're enthusiastic people, mm-hmm. and uh, they go in and hit a home run at your event. And then you get your assets a couple weeks later and you're off to the races. And you can actually help market your, not only do you have the stories of talking about your event um, and the successes and the content there, but also you have all these assets you can use to market your event for the next year, et cetera. So there's a lot going on there, but uh, in a few minutes that's sort of uh, I hope that puts it into the context of what it's all about.
0: Well, that's fantastic i I love that concept so much. like that's that's such an amazing idea. I, I for for me, I've gone to events where I've been hired and I've you know written pieces for them, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's always been such a hassle because you know then you're trying to write these blog posts and get like the right photographs for it. Or like the social media side just isn't being done at all. And, and you kind of go in and you know that you're just like this one tiny slice and there's all this other areas that are just not being done or they're not being done in alignment. So I love the idea of going in and doing all of those pieces and really focusing on like, what is the end goal? That's spent like, that's amazing. (laughs) Like every event Mm -hmm. needs to have that really. Mm
2: Exactly. And I think the key word you said there is alignment too. If you have one cohesive team that's working on that vision that you've mm-hmm. established beforehand, um, you know, you're able to develop the assets you need. So, um, you know, there, there hasn't been one person yet that said it's a bad idea. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, everyone can use it to uh, to some degree. Uh, and it, it's really fun Working with the team that we've put together because much like yourself, Dan, they understand the tools. They're enthusiastic They love being boots on the ground understanding what the business is about Um, And I will say and I tweeted this today Such an important thing at events is you have the people that are important to your business in one place so that could be your sales staff that could be customers that could be executives they're all there. You have perfect backdrops. You have such a great reason to film, but no one is doing that brand journalism. Or if they are, it's just through that third party media outlet. Mm-hmm. You need someone who can do that for you. And think of the great social content that you can put together by getting those testimonials, whether they're customers or from your own employees or whomever. And uh, you know, with marketing, getting those out uh, into the public. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's
1: awesome. Still saying on to onto the trendset mm-hmm. aspect, uh, because you did have a full-time job, or you still have a full-time job, obviously, but you are building this within the agency itself while still conducting your full-time work as an account manager, <laughs> how how have you been achieving this? For one, I mean, some people, like some of our listeners, have full-time jobs and they're trying to do their own side hustle, I mean, obviously this might be a little bit different because you have the backing of the agency, but how has this been for you from a you know taking on so much work?
2: Uh, I would say you are, like I'm wearing a lot of hats. To an extent, it doesn't seem like a lot of work because I'm very passionate about both jobs. And honestly, one of the struggles is that when you are an account manager and you own those relationships and you really do love that work, but you're also passionate about something new that's coming from that. It's like, where is that balance? I'm able to do it through the executive sponsorship at my, which is Sherpa Marketing. But there's benefits that will come to fruition through them obviously allowing me that time. But the agency is only expanding uh, and you only have so many hours in a day. Um, So I, I wouldn't lie. It is a lot of work, but I think... The blessing is that it's so much easier to start a spinoff company like that Mm -hmm. if you're backed financially as well as have the resources behind uh, or within the agency or within whomever that partner is. Mm -hmm. So that definitely does make it a lot easier. I think to be totally upfront, the more we dedicate to selling it and the more there's a just cause to be, you know, hey, there's a A straight up business here that should be a standalone on its own, which very well could be, and I think we'll eventually get it there, and we're on that track right now. You know, it's it's just going to take a lot of cycles to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's it's always interesting having a you know side hustle, Um, but. It was a very good opportunity and confidence inspiring when the executive staff of Sherpa uh, were aligned with the vision that you know we all shared uh, and everybody's hard work. Like I, I gotta give a shout out to uh, like our creative team, the programming team, the websites. The website is in its soft launch stage. The branding's already out there. They've done an absolutely fantastic job, which makes uh, my life easier. Uh, but what I was gonna say there is um, when you're doing that Sales development—that's where it gets really tough. Having the actual work in front of you that you should be doing and are responsible for doing because it's paid. It's already there. You just got to execute on it. But you also have this vision of what could be and this baby that you want to uh, that you want to see what happens with. Well, what's the balance, right? right. Mm-hmm. What's on the table right now, and what do you have to execute on? And then how much can you apply to the the new thing, right? That could be a very profitable venture. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. And, and I think it's just going to be dynamic, right? We'll feel it out. Um, and over time, who knows, I might just be a full time trendsetter and, and not a Sherpa. Uh, but that being said, like I say, I, I do like what I do currently, too. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting, for sure. But, uh, you know, leading that charge is has been a lot of fun. Right on.
0: That's fantastic. And it's so good to be able to have new projects and new challenges and new exciting things to be able to do. That's that's fantastic.
2: For sure, and I think that that is what keeps me going. Um, you need to have the new challenge, you need to be, you know, experiences are the new wealth, was it a <laughs> phrase I heard the other day and I, I couldn't agree more. And, yes. uh, and going through this, um, I definitely gained a lot and will continue to gain more uh, as things go along.
0: So there is a special organization that is near and dear to our hearts.
1: Very much so. It's uh, the Women's Health Clinic here in Winnipeg.
0: It is amazing. They do fantastic work for women right here in winnipeg and they are currently in the middle of their capital campaign
1: any donations would definitely be gratefully accepted so they can continue on providing uh, free counseling for women and free birth control for those who need it
0: any amount can really help to support them i have used their services myself i know so many other women who have benefited from their services they're truly just a fantastic organization and a real cornerstone of the Winnipeg community. So we definitely encourage you to visit womenshealthclinic.org donate. Check out their page and any amount can really help to support them. So one of the things that piqued my interest on the Sherpa website was your bio, which mentions that you have some expertise in consumer psychology. So Mm -hmm. can you share a little bit about that with us?
2: Well, I would uh, kick this over to you and say, how difficult is it (laughs) to describe when someone's like, how do you gauge knowing consumer psychology? So I think what I'm trying to allude to there, and I don't think there's a measurement uh, or degree in consumer psychology, I think that stems from understanding people and working with people. Um, And through my upbringing, just being in different schools and different environments and challenging myself to have different social networks kind of all over the place has has forced me to be uh, a social chameleon, which I used that term earlier in the podcast. Um, And I think understanding people whether, and that could be different consumer segments, whomever uh, is such an important thing in marketing. It's to really be able to appropriately empathize, understand the customer, what are their needs, what are their moments Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to market to those people. And I think one of my strengths is definitely understanding different types of people and what their needs are in order to market to them effectively. but I am no psychologist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I I do think that that, that's important. And I think that that does speak to, um, you know, what you've been talking about this entire time about, you know, the, what what you've been saying about having, I think the term used was love match earlier about your, about your job. And I think that, you know, having that so much passion for your work, it ends up coming, coming through in these types of situations. And it is really important looking at sales and these types of pieces from that standpoint of like, how is it beneficial to the actual consumer or customer or client or you know whoever it happens to be rather than like, how can we get as much money as possible, right? It's much mm-hmm. more about like, what is the actual benefit to them?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So coming at that from that sort of marketing standpoint is really awesome.
2: Yeah. And I, I, you nailed it. And I think it's interesting where marketing is going. And I think this is confidence inspiring to just everyday people that because there's simply more data and more means to actually get to know who you're marketing to mm-hmm. that you are able to profile people and I mean this in the least big brother way I mean this like taking a positive spin on this that you shouldn't be annoyed by a lot of ads because you should be hit in the moment with actually like relevant things right and i find and you've probably seen that with your with your uh know whether you're on the internet and I'm sure you know all the listeners can attest to this you're probably getting hit with ads that are to some degree more relevant than when you were watching TV ten years ago and being hit by whatever like all you're getting is this channel seems like a fit we're just gonna blast people with it it's like now we're able to have better profiles and you don't want to annoy people you want to say hey you have a problem or you have a desire you know we can help you alleviate the problem or achieve that desire.
0: So on that note, why would you recommend that businesses should actually outsource for marketing? Is that, is that kind of thing good? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, to hire someone like Sherpa, like does that, is it necessary for every type of business? Why should people not do their own marketing?
2: That's a a great question. Uh, I think you'd have to take it on a case by case basis. I would say that an agency is someone that you can lean on in your time of need that ultimately gets faced with the ax, right? There's outline deliverables and expectations and internally those can be lost, right? With other work and everything else. So it just allows you to actually successfully get projects done. I think most importantly, There's so much information out there. There's data, smog, there's a million different things. You need someone on your team that is in a different environment to be able to come to you with ideas. Because your picture of what reality might look like for you, it's going to be valuable to have someone who understands business to also weigh in with what they think Um, the picture looks like too and it should be a collaborative effort because I think if you're an executive of a company you're going to have a different just as valuable but a different picture of what needs to be done and I think a independent consultant um, like an agency will also have a different picture and I think together um, you can paint a more collaborative real picture of what's going on and solve pain points or capitalize on opportunities. I'm a big believer, though, obviously, uh, in agencies. We work really hard. We're extremely passionate, um, and we're proud of our work. So, um, if you're, you know, if you're coming to us, like I, I would, advocate for doing that uh, in any case for sure.
1: I think we've seen uh, a lot of ads that are produced in house actually miss the mark, and I was just listening to Sherpa's podcast episode nine, mm-hmm. uh, where the whole Pepsi situation you know I I've, I've never seen it but based off of all the viral marketing and the conversations that have been having like the it came down to it that they did do it in-house and they didn't have a stop Yes. Check,
2: right? Uh, I think or was... was that
0: part of it that it then would become viral? I don't know. Maybe, we'll never know, I
2: guess. Well, <laughs> well and that's the flip side of the coin, but it seems it's- Highly it easier... unlikely, really. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> it's just a disaster.
2: <laughs> but it, it seems like that's the case with a lot of blunders, right? That mm-hmm. it's like, you know, will this actually end up being a positive thing? But um, there's, I can't, like, I think we should come up with a term because I always use the phrase, like, I can't believe that that actually got past a boardroom. Mm-hmm. And it is truly <laughs> a bit of groupthink, right? And you can experience it on any level of business where depending on your work environment, you're only able to challenge your executive so much right before it's your, you know, neck might be axed, for example, right? Um, So I think group thing can happen, which is another reason why an agency can be valuable. But yeah, sometimes you just get, you shake your head and you're like, how the heck did this happen? And uh Thank you, Dan. Uh, Sherpas Talking Shop podcast. We do a best and worst ads, and some of the worst ads are those uh, those real head scratchers.
1: I've seen a few of them. They're <laughs> they are head scratchers. Um,
0: and we will have a link to that. Yes, in the show have. notes at candidpodcast.ca/ep7.
1: Yeah, so right. definitely check it out. Question: I want to talk yep. about coming back a little bit to Transit, but. Basically, a lot of our listeners, I mean, they are juggling multiple priorities. You know, people have their side hustles, uh, trying to go full time. Some people are working full time for themselves. Mm-hmm. What's the best way in your kind of strategies of uh, managing multiple projects? And
2: I would. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, for one, know how you work. Uh, I am a morning person, so I always try and be close to the first person in, and I say close to the first person because our president, it's tough to beat him into the office, but lately that's sometimes happening, which is a good thing. Uh, getting, taking advantage of quiet time, I think is a big thing for me. Um, physical activity, if I'm not active and I don't have, then I won't have my brain. So you, you have to like really know yourself um and then it's just knowing how to delegate and lean on people and often i think people are afraid of leaving work with others but i don't think it's touched on enough that coaching is a very important thing to delegating work if you want to take the work on yourself because you want it to be high quality that's fine but get someone to shadow you then and walk them through the process And keep doing that until slowly you'll notice if you have confidence in that person, then you should if they're around you to any degree, you'll be surprised at at what they can actually do. So I've been extremely impressed with um, some bright people that are around me every day and just how well they can execute. Um, I think a lot of times it's easy to say, hey, here's this project, go run with it. Uh, but that's not my style. I'm. I'm. I wouldn't call myself a perfectionist, but I'm pretty close to wanting it to be as close to perfect as possible. Uh, but I think taking the steps and doing that ongoing coaching does pay dividends. So I would say that's a that's a key part of accomplishing projects. But um, yeah, if you're doing you know a full time gig and a side hustle, like fact of the matter is, like you're gonna have to put in those ten or twelve hour days, and there's there's no way around it. So then it's just about maximizing your time outside of of those 10 or 12 hours, those productive hours, just being efficient as possible to make sure that you're, when you get into work, that you're fully dialed in and ready to rock. Mm -hmm.
1: So would you say that's also on the flip side, some of the challenges you've had, you know,
2: delegating and stuff like that? Uh, I would say not necessarily a challenge, just a point of learning, like you, During our busy times, there, there's points where it, it's just crazy. And like I can't stress that enough because it's so fast. And even then you start noticing the client's getting a little flustered. Not that they're mad about work, but that they're tr- they're like crammed doing their own stuff. So um, it's just about taking a step back. And you know it's so fast-paced, but you have to remind yourself it's not life or death. These things are important, but they can be managed. Take a step back breathe and you'll be surprised at, at what you can do. Mm-hmm.
0: So you know you've been talking a lot about many different things that you really enjoy about mm-hmm. your work. Is there any one thing in particular that is like your absolute favorite part?
2: I thought you were going to go with the, the negative way. <laughs> like is there anything <laughs> you don't like? We can, do that too. Oh, can we
0: do that too? Well, yeah, Why don't we start it. with
2: that? Because I was already thinking of it. I would say the one thing, and I think us as a business community need to do a better job of, and I mean, we're candid podcasters, so I'm going to speak candidly about this,
1: Wonderful.
2: is being prepared for meetings. And it's okay to have a short meeting. It's okay to like go into a boardroom, you know, hey, I'm going to talk for five, 10 minutes. Do you understand or vice versa? I'm listening for five or 10 minutes if it's a client. Doesn't need to be a big production, and let's be prepared. Get to the point. Um, you know, talk pleasantries because you have to. You make it fun, and that that's part of the deal. And uh, get out of there. But and then also ask yourself. In a lot of cases, is it important to actually have this meeting? You know what I mean? Or like really have a, a schedule beforehand? And this is nothing new, but I feel like people need to be reminded of that. Mm-hmm. To be candid, but yeah, there's been sometimes in a selling situation or an account management situation where you're wondering like what the burn rate of the meeting is Mm -hmm. in terms of how much budget is actually being burned because you'll sit down and it can be a simple deliverable or a simple conversation and there's five people across the table from you which is totally unnecessary Mm -hmm. um so just executive level people just you know, remind yourself productivity is, is working. And there's so many great ways to communicate with clients and vendors and things like that. Um, you yeah, I think we can, we can save a lot of time and and be, be more efficient, which is, which is what you need to, if you're going to do that side hustle, right? You need things to be productive, right? You don't, you
0: know, I just, I remember when I was working a nine to five job and we would have these like, I think it was like weekly staff meetings and they'd be like 10 or 12 of us. And yeah, you would go to it and you'd show up like a few minutes early. You would want to be respectful of everyone's time. People are showing up like five minutes late. And then the meeting doesn't actually start until 10 minutes in and you realize that <laughs> no one actually is leading the meeting. And like, and I, I like, I would also sit there and I would just be like, Hmm, how many, like, can I calculate right now? How much, how many dollars are being lost? Because we do not have agendas for our meetings. We do not have like a leader to lead the meeting, like, mm-hmm. and the executive director would just sit there silently waiting for someone to start. And I was just like, this is, this is not how a meeting needs to be run. Like it was a big, it was mm-hmm. a big problem.
2: I, I totally agree with you. And do you find that it almost has to be a bit of a uh, production too? Like if it's going to yes. be with another party, a lot of times conversations, if you're prepared, don't need, like if you're doing, you know, um, brainstorming, for example, things like that; those processes, yeah, sure, like that takes over <laughs> an hour time. or more, and and I'm totally respectful of that. Yep. But if it's your, you know, reviewing tactics, or you just need answers to certain things, or established paths forward, come in, have those ideas, and you, you don't need the production, and it's okay to have, you know, like a, you know, five minute call. Hey, you know, need help with this? Okay, bye. Like, yeah, um, just the point. just to be mm-hmm. quick and, and to the point, right?
0: Well, it's actually interesting, too, because even with like our own business meetings for juxta communications, me and Dan, like we've even found that having structured agenda points, like some of our some of our sections on the agenda do take a lot longer because it is brainstorming sessions. But other other items like we're just whipping through them because it is a matter of us coming together and saying, okay, this is what I've done. This is what I've done. These are our thoughts mm-hmm. on this moving forward. Great, let's move on to the next item. And it, it goes through so quickly because of that.
1: Yeah, trying to that's understand awesome. what's the difference between tactical and uh, and brainstorming. That's, yes. that's a
2: big one.
0: That's, yeah, that's true.
2: And I will say, um, and I learned this through Gary Vee's uh, latest book that executives being strategy more in the clouds and then you have your practitioners, your tactical people delivering are in the dirt. But if, you have, uh, if you're have, if you in the clouds 100%, you essentially become irrelevant. And you need to find an appropriate split. And I find, especially at uh, vertically structured businesses, where you have a lot of structure within, those people are often in executive meetings a lot of the time. And your project managers and agencies, they need direction and they need answers. And it doesn't need to be long meetings or anything like that. But the fact that, you can't get executive level attention because they're in these meetings which they'll even tell you candidly that they don't need to be in or that they could be shorter it really hurts the production capacity and flow through of projects for organizations so i do think too very much so in vertical organizations that it's crazy to me that someone should be in meetings like bottom to or you know from morning to night you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like it, it shouldn't be like that and to me, you're only as effective as the work you're doing. And if you're in meetings all day, unless you're just some strategy genius that doesn't need to execute at all, and you can just think of big ideas, you know, you need to be doing work. So I, I don't know how you know some organizations are able to do that, but uh, in any event, um, that, that will be... <laughs> I know we went a little long there, but yeah, the meetings thing, I'm telling you. Yeah, that's yeah. understandable. I like it. Um,
0: so getting back yeah. to what Let's you like. Let's get the smiles back on your folks. So what do you like the most about your work?
2: Uh, I love the people. Uh, we talked about this earlier. My passion is people, and to be have different types of clients with different personalities, and then to deal with the different staff that we have. Whether those people are more on the consulting side, the design time, the, the design side, the programming side whomever, they all have fantastic personalities. They all have great stories to tell. They all have value they bring to the table. And to have a mutual vision and to work through people collaboratively to shape that vision and then actually see it come to fruition is my favorite thing. Uh, And at an agency, you do that so much, right? Because that is what you do, right? You think of visions and then you work with people to... Um, work together to have that output, to have that vision come to fruition. Mm-hmm. That, for sure, would be would be my favorite part of it. No doubt about it. Nice.
1: A lot of people think that marketing is a waste of money. Sometimes. you know, mm-hmm. It depends on who you're talking to. A lot of people would really be on the sales side of things. Some people will actually be on the marketing. Uh, but those people who aren't into marketing as much as we are, Uh, What's the one thing that you wish people knew about marketing or even just an agency?
2: I would say there's a million, billions of different examples of better products not winning. The better product will, the product that's marketed the best will often win.
1: Hmm.
2: There's no replacement, it doesn't matter how good of a product you have, if you can't let people know about that, if you can't find them in the moment and let them know that you're here for them, then you're you're not going to be found. You're going to be useless. And someone who can market, who can be in the moment, will always win. Mm-hmm. The better product does not always win. I would say the product, a great product that is marketed well, will win.
1: It's a good point, actually. I was reading Nate's. I think it's Nate Silver's book that uh, that had a very good point on this. Uh, some of the businesses that had gone through like during 2008 market crash in the States, uh, they looked at comparing uh, two different companies. I think one was actually like an airline, uh, one who just, you know, they didn't make a lot of money, but they spent the marketing dollars throughout the entire time, whereas the other business uh, didn't. I I will try and find this and put it up on the blog, but uh, the people who didn't market and all they did was just kind of hold their pennies close didn't survive. But those who did came out on top and
2: I agree completely. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I can't stress enough that marketing doesn't mean advertising. It doesn't mean the bigger advertising spend wins. It's, again, finding those moments. And you have, there's a lot of different examples of companies that are successful without doing any traditional advertising. For example, Tesla, but they dominate Google Organic because there's so much content written about them because they're such a purpose-driven brand and they're innovating and they're reinvesting themselves but they're ultimately doing it because they have a vision and a purpose and they know that can they know consumers and they know where the industry is going and they're going to be there in the moment. So marketing, I can't stress enough, is not a bigger ad spend. It's the purpose behind the product and ensuring that it's found in the moment.
0: Yes. Marketing is really all about strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is something that I I tell my students all the time. So, like, I work with a lot of freelancers who come to me and they say, you know, should I, which social media platform should I be on? Or is it okay to offer services or should I have digital products? Or, you know, do I have to be hosting webinars? Or should I, like, create my own podcast or should I have a Facebook group? And what I say to them again and again is that, there is no one platform or social media item or anything like that that's going to be perfect. It's what you do with it. It's having the strategy behind it. Like the strategy is what really matters. You can, you can make anything be really good if you have that strategy and marketing is a huge component of that. Like it's so. It's an interesting sort of piece there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, strategy is where it all starts. And I know as an agency, We always get a slap on the wrist if we jump to tactics first. (laughs) If you jump to the ideas, like right away, like this is the, but no, it's take it back a step, understand what the product is, what the service is, Mm -hmm. understand where people are, what their needs are, what the sales funnel looks like, and then identify the pain points and opportunities. Then we get into fun stuff about tactics, but you're right. It always comes back to strategy.
1: Mm. And another thing that I think you told me one second was that you know, even though you're doing it as a, you know, a product or a service or what have you, there's going to be hundreds of other people doing it mm-hmm. and coming back to your points too, whereas, uh, you know, it's not the advertising dollars, it's the, the, the drive and the purpose that you put into it. So if you have that into your product, even though someone else is doing it, or again, service, even though someone else is doing it, you can always do it better, work smarter, not harder kind of thing
2: yeah absolutely i love that work smarter not harder totally take take the time uh you know there's no you know people get afraid to you know is it okay to spend the time to go back to strategy and map everything out so it's very important to do that so don't get lost in the the day-to-day you have to you know do take a step back and and have those strategic evaluations it's very important for sure
0: so i feel like there's probably a lot of listeners right now who are going like this sounds amazing and I need to get into this line of work. So do you have any helpful advice or tips that you would give people who would want to do this kind of thing
2: from an agency perspective, like jumping into the agency Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agency and And, or either way. Uh,
2: Yeah. I'll take it from an agency standpoint and startup. I would say if you want to learn and grow as quickly as possible, especially if you're someone coming out of school, there's no, better fit than to be at an agency because, and Dan will tell you this, you have to work very hard and you will have experience with a lot of different businesses, with different strategies and different tactics, and and you will grow and gain a lot of experience very quickly. Um, I will say though that there will always be burnout that happens at an agency. And I think that more agencies can learn from something that I found that Sherpa does very well. And I'll take this from the listener standpoint, someone who might be interested is understand your value, articulate your value when you're being employed and those things that can be mutually beneficial like unpaid leave, for example. That is something that I asked for going before I was hired at Sherpa. I spent a month and a half in Japan and I'm going to be going away in September doing the West Coast. Those are resets for me and they keep you from, when you're grinding as hard as you are, keeping you from like burning out and you come back with a vim and vigor and productivity that is unmatched because you're fresh and you're ready to go. And I find that uh, advocate for yourself or it can even be gym memberships. Like what are those things that um, are going to help you and your employer? Uh, But I will say that, that that is the one thing that I would advise you know, with agencies is it's a ton of work and it's extremely fast paced. So you have to be prepared for that, but it's also a ton of fun and you get flexibility. Um, you know, you can wear whatever, um, you know, it's just a very fun vibe. That's actually kind of difficult to describe. Um, but so in summary, I would say articulate the value of who you are and what it is you're after and things that can be mutual, mutually beneficial to your employer. Um, and bring those to the table and see what happens. Worst case scenario, they say no, and you jump in and you figure it out on the fly. But I would say that that is something that's, that's really helped me.
1: What's coming up for Stu next? What's, what's the grand vision?
2: <laughs> I would say that I'm taking it right now. I'm, I'm a big uh, goal planner. Um, my significant other also works for Lululemon, and that's something that she has learned and has been very beneficial applying to my life. Um, I do a lot of goal planning and I do the sort of year or two plan and I do have that grand vision of of where I want to be, but it changes so much and I think that there's so many different opportunities and you meet new people at all times and and, and things can go a completely different direction. So I find looking beyond five years, unless you really, really know what it is you want to do, can be quite difficult. So right now, um, within the next year or two, um, going to have some stew time on the on the West Coast. We're going uh, Vancouver to San Diego, so that's going to be awesome. And then uh, Sherpa is growing like crazy, so looking forward to being you know one of the players involved in, in that growth. And it's really exciting for us. Very passionate about what we're doing and and seeing that growth come to fruition. And then uh, last but certainly not least, um, the Trendset Initiative uh, that is you know, our baby, I'm not going to say my baby, but something that I've been very involved with that is only gaining more and more momentum as the days go on. And, and we're going to see that come to life over the next little bit, but it does take time. It does take a lot of work, but uh, yeah, everything so far, the the year two goal planning has always worked out and I'm happy with, with where things are.
0: Fantastic. So where can listeners go to learn more about you?
2: Yeah, follow me on Twitter. Uh, if you're into just quick marketing advice, I'm, that's try, the the easy value I think I'm trying to put out there. Um, and it's in short Twitter form or, or cool blog posts and, and stuff like that. So you can find me at Stu Said it, uh and definitely also the podcast Sherpa Stocking and Shop. You can find that on any uh, podcast application. Uh, me and my man, Mikey B, talk about all things marketing. So definitely check that out and uh trendset plug uh trendset.social you can check out the website there um and all our case studies are going to be published on that it's a soft launch stage so freebie for the candid listeners if on, the, on the dl but uh yeah we're excited about it and looking forward to it nice
0: wonderful and you can check out all of those links on the show notes at candidpodcast.ca slash ep7
1: awesome well Stu, is there anything else you want to kind of talk about candidly
2: Um, no, I think candidly, most important thing, uh, know yourself, advocate for yourself, uh, and be passionate about what you do and you'll, you'll find success. So whether that means you're working for a massive company or you're doing the startup thing, uh, just know yourself and what's going to make you happy and, and get after it. Right on. Well, thanks for taking the time and being so candid with us. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Thanks guys.
1: Thanks for listening to the Candid Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and a share with your friends and coworkers.
0: Visit candidpodcast.ca to learn more about this podcast, to access some of our favorite free resources for your business, and to submit any questions you would love for us to answer in our next episode. Are you interested in supporting small business in your community? You can become a sponsor of the Candid Conversations small business podcast at candidpodcast.ca slash sponsor.
1: You give me one more test there, to Stu, and then we'll... I can give you a test now. Thanks, there buddy. You go, buddy. I like that. <laughs> All right. I don't have an intro. Do you want an intro? You can do it. All right.
0: <laughs> I don't... What, what would I say? Oh, well, okay.
1: You be always do the intro, right actually. Right yeah, exactly. <laughs>